Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. I'm your host this week and every week, Angel the Stranger. I'm just going to say that name has gotten really cringy. I was thinking about it the other night, and I was like, Angel the Stranger. (laughs) What am I, five? Yeah, probably. Anyway, so today I had no idea what I was going to record about or record me talking about. And I was really going to try to do a fun one, just like I always try to do, but then it never turns out because I'm alone on this podcast, and it's not fun to do fun things by yourself most of the time. So I'm going to have to wait until I have my friend come here, which I'm still waiting on her. I'm still waiting on her, but maybe in a couple of weeks we'll have something. But anyway, I was washing the dishes like... I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) I was washing the dishes and I was like thinking about, hey, where's my microphone even going? (laughs) Is that better? Hopefully. Anyway, I was thinking about one of my friend's friends and I was like, hmm, um, what does it even, like, what do they even believe in? Like when you think about people with other religions or in different, like, religious things sometimes we don't know what it means to be in that like as a catholic let's say (laughs) what what does that consist of like what do you have to do in order to be saved in that religion as like what do you have to do when you're catholic what do you have to do when you're like in when you're a buddhist like what are all the weird things that you like take part in in order to be quote unquote saved um and so then I was like I wonder if some people listen and are like what does it mean to be a Christian and so that's how this podcast episode was born and I was like I'm just gonna lay it out for them real quick and simple hopefully that's that's goal fingers crossed um yeah what does it mean to be a Christian Alright, let's get started on the what does it mean to be a Christian then. I know, I just repeated that like three times, but that's okay. That's the point of this, that's the point of this uh, episode, so it's okay to be repetitive. Actually, as a person, like a human being, we need repetitiveness in order to make something stick in our heads, so... A lot of times I'll be repetitive about a lot of different concepts, and that's okay because it's just going to stick better that way. So, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Christians did not name themselves. We did not say, hey, we all believe in the same thing. Let's call ourselves a name like we, like we did, like my friend group did. We were like, hey, we always hang out. Let's give ourselves a name. Because we were like a club, and so we named ourselves the Music Room Mafia, and it was, it's a great thing, it's really fun, and I'm obsessed with it, but that's not how it went when it came to Christians. It was, actually, I'll just read it to you, Acts 11.26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So Barnabas was 
looking for Saul, and then they were teaching a lot of people, and it was like a church, and they were called Christians in Antioch. So, saying that we were called Christians is to say that we did not name our own selves, but people started calling them, or us, Christians in Antioch. So, the actual original Greek meaning of the word Christian is follower of Christ. So, as a Christian, as somebody to somebody saying that they are a Christian is to literally say, I'm a follower of Christ. And in this day and age, it's very, very common to come across somebody who just says, yeah, I'm Christian, which is them literally saying that they're a follower of Christ. When you look at their life, you know for sure that that, okay, obviously we, we are not to judge because we are not God, but we can usually tell by somebody's life, and I'll get into this later, there's actually a Bible verse about this, whether they are a follower of Christ or not, or if they're being a good follower of Christ or not. Like, I'm not saying that we can judge whether they are saved or not. That's not our place. And a lot of times convictions will differ. That doesn't mean that somebody's necessarily wrong, but there is a way to tell good fruit from bad fruit, and I'll talk about that later. But I'm saying a lot of non-believers or non-followers of Christ say that they are Christians because they believe in God. Now, believing in God is a great thing. If you believe in God, good, <laughs> because God is real. God is there, and if you seek him, you will find him, and you will notice him working, and you will, you will hear him speaking to your heart, and, like, that's why I think Christians are as crazy as they are, especially from an atheist point of view. Not that I'm an atheist, but if an atheist... Sometimes I think from their perspective. Sometimes I'm like, okay, let's say that I'm a regular... Uh, not Christian. I'm a regular person who's living life and just looking around, using my own human logic that the Lord put in my head, that I don't believe that the Lord put in my head, that I believe I evolved from some sort of rock millions and billions of years ago, um, and now have this logic in my brain... And I'm going to use this, I'm going to look around the world and around life and try to figure out how to live. And a lot of times people come to the point where they think up, I think the best kind of belief without God is humanism. Like, humanism, like, we can make things better. We, like, if we try, we have the power to do great things, to make things better in the world. It's very true. Like, we can do that. If, like, the in entire world believed in what was true, the world would just change. But, as I've said before, humanism is actually the biggest form of idolatry because humanism says that humans are our own gods. We are our own gods. We decide what's right and wrong, thus making us the god of our life. So it is the biggest form of idolatry. Now, <laughs> with that said, um, like, as somebody who did not believe in God, looking at Christians and seeing all the weird things they say, uh, or we say, 
about God, like how we believe that God is leading us in our life. God is leading us here. God is leading us there. God did not, God did that. God did this, like this weird thing happened or this thing happened because of God. God led us to that. God is using that. Like if I didn't know that was true because I've been through it so many times, I would think that you were crazy. But as a Christian, you know that when you seek him, you find him. You s- you feel him. You can see him working. You can, like, hear him answering your prayers, whether it be, like, the little voice in your heart, in your head. I know, see, if you were a non-Christian, you would think that sounds crazy. But as a Christian who's experienced it, it's not just delusion. It's not just hallucinations. Like, God is real. God is there. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you in your life. And he wants to... He wants you to find him. And I've talked about it before. Like, the whole seeking God thing. You need to actually put, like, initiative into seeking out God's will and his heart and getting to know him, looking for him. He's waiting. And I kind of talked about that in last week's episode. But, now that I said all that kind of stuff for some reason... A lot of people who don't experience those things or just live out life as a non-believer call themselves Christians, especially in the United States. The United States actually started as a God-fearing nation. Um, That's why there's a lot of... Well, nowadays there isn't as much, but a lot of our history actually has God interwined into it. Um... And also, even our money would say, like, in God we trust because we're trusting in God with our resources and our money and everything. And I don't know if they took that off. Wait, let me check. I have... I have some money over here. Let me see. Let's see. Okay. This is a $20 bill. From 2013. And yeah, it still says in God we trust. I have no doubt that it's not going to be long unless I'm or unless I'm behind on the times and I don't know it already. That they'll take that off the money because that's offensive. Especially to the most popular belief and religion, which is humanism, right now. So, uh... So, (laughs) a lot of people say they are Christians, but are they actually Christians? Like, are you a Christian or are you just saying that you believe in God? So now I'm going to get into that. Hold on just one second, though. I have one more thing I wanted to say. I was watching a Kent Hovind debate. (laughs) If you don't know who Kent Hovind is, I I did a post on my website. I did a bunch of, like, a little series of like, real science, uh, on the book Cost by Russ Miller and everything. Kent Hovind is, uh, I think he's a scientist who used to, I don't know if he does anymore, but he used to do all kinds of conferences, uh, classes, like, videos and things on, oh, like, seminars and debates 
on real science versus fake science and how it actually supports the Bible. Um, and he was doing a science debate with three evolutionist professors. Uh, and let me just tell you really quick, that debate was horrible because the evolutionists had nothing, nothing on God. Nothing. <laughs> Obviously. Like, who can? But... Kent Hovind was, like, saying all this stuff that obviously was pure facts that the evolutions believed in, but that actually pointed to God and how the Bible is true. And they were like, well, all of the schools, the major schools across the United States, all agree that evolution is the correct science. That was, like, literally there their, um, comeback. It was, it was horrible, okay? It was horrible. But then, like, Ken Tobin pointed out the fact that evolution and the belief in all that is actually a religion because you still have to have faith. And I'm not going to get into this because I talked about it a whole bunch in the, the series if you want to listen to that or get the book Cost by Res Miller, um, or watch the seminars by Ken Hovind. They're all, all the links are on my website. Um, but, he was saying that evolution is actually a religion because of how much faith you have to put in it because there are no facts behind it, or there are very little facts. Uh, mostly it's just guesses. And one of the evolutionist professors was like, well, I don't see, I don't see how that can help because right now I am a Christian. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And that doesn't contradict with my uh, belief in science at all. That doesn't bother me at all. Like, I believe in God, but it doesn't bother my science view either. And I, like, laughed out loud. <laughs> because the Bible, the very first verse of the Bible, y'all know this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then it goes on to talk about a six-day creation. Which absolutely contradicts or goes against the evolution theory. So him saying that he was a Christian and saying that it didn't like mess with the science he be believed in was absolutely preposterous because... I don't even know why I just used that word, because I never use that word, but it's clearly what it was, because if you just said you believe in God, but then you say that you believe in evolution, or it doesn't, it, that means you don't believe in the first verse that comes in the Bible, which is God's word, and the basically messenger that God has put on the earth to teach us about God and to, like, be almost the portal in between God and us. Don't get me wrong, Jesus is our intercessor, but the Bible is, like, the foundation that we build upon, the, our textbook. This is how we learn everything we need to know for life, which is, like, the test and this is our textbook. Like, if you don't believe the very first 
verse of the Bible and you're saying you believe in God and that you're a Christian, something is not right. Okay? So, <laughs> believing in God, there is nothing wrong with saying you believe in God. But believing in God does not mean that you are a Christian. So, let me tell you something. No, I mean, let me read you a verse, not just tell you something. James 2.19. Let me find it. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. The enemy of the earth and against us, the demons, they believe in a God the one God, the one true God, they believe that he is real and he is all powerful and that he, you know, God, he's real, okay? He, they believe that and they tremble because of it. And yet they are, wait, who's going to be in the, they're probably, I don't know this for sure, don't call me, going to be the first ones in hell because they are against God. They believe in him, but they are against him. And they are working against him. Which I think that a lot of the people on earth are doing the same. Even the demons believe in God. So if you say you believe in God, good, you do well. But that does not mean you are saved. So, moving on to Romans 10, 9. Let me get there. Hold on. As you guys know, I'm not very fast at this. Okay, 10, 9. Here is how you get saved. Here is how you know that you are saved. On top of believing God, here we go, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I don't want to, I don't want to confuse you if you, <laughs> you haven't gotten saved yet. Hopefully you will get saved very soon if you're not saved because that. The end is near, let me tell you. Okay. Um, but being saved or getting saved, literally, <laughs> the process of putting your name on the list for eternal life in paradise with God and having all your sins forgiven is just having faith in the fact that God came down as a human being, this means that he sacrificed his divineness, his almightiness. He came down to be a lowly human being. He was born. He lived a life, a perfect life. Not once did he sin. He was a human. He had temptation. He went through the same things that you have. The same anxiety, nervousness, uh, depression, hardships, brokenheartedness, pain, whether that be physical or mental or the other, whatever, it's, spiritual pain. Is there such a thing? I'm sure there is. He went through it all. He was a human just like you. And the in the end, he died on the cross even though he's perfect, he suffered and died, and he bore the weight of 
all the sin in humanity, including yours, even if you don't accept him, he still bore the consequences for those sins. And then on the third day, because he is God, he conquered death by raising himself from the dead. And then he... And that's it. That's it. Just believing in the fact that he came down, lived a perfect life for you and me, died for your sins. You can be forgiven if you accept that forgiveness. And then and then if you call upon him, if you ask him for that forgiveness, if you if you accept it, it's hand, it's being handed to you freely. If you accept it, you are saved. That's it. That is the simple I know I used a lot of words, but that is the simple way that you can receive eternal life. I don't see how anything could get simpler than just being like, Lord, save me. Three words, maybe even two, save me. And you have your name on the list to live forever with God in paradise and with the rest of your new body of, well, body, your new family in Christ. Like, I don't see how anything could be better than that. And I don't see how anything could be easier than that. So, that's how you can get saved. Believing in God in one, is one thing. But accepting Him and His forgiveness is different. And if you haven't done that, I agree, like, strongly advise you to do so. Because there are, there are much consequences for... Uh, not doing that. You might be like, well, if my sins are already forgiven, great. Why would I need to go to hell if my sins are already forgiven? Because if you don't accept that forgiveness, then you don't have the forgiveness. You have to accept it. It's like a birthday gift. You're being handed a birthday gift and you, if you say, hey, that's awesome, thanks. But you never take the birthday gift out of your friends or Whoever's giving it to you, if you never take it from their hands, it's, it can't be yours. You have to accept it. You have to take it, say thank you, and have it, you know? Alright, now that I covered that, there are those who do believe that Jesus did this, but they do not follow. They do, for some reason, they are said to be Christians because they believe. But the word Christian means follower of Christ. If you believe but do not follow, are you saved? I don't know. That is one of the biggest questions in Christianity. Is where's the line? If I believe, but I do everything that I want to, am I saved? I don't know. There are those who believe that baptism or communion or head coverings or tattoos like, all these things, they are, they either make you saved or unsaved. Where does that fall? I don't know. I don't know. It's just humans making things extra comp complicated. If you read, like, Romans by Paul, like, you'll see how he's answering letters of churches who are asking, like, what about eating meat that used to be like wrong for us to eat like what about now what what do we do about that you see him answering those questions what about head coverings what about uh like 
he, they even ask him like about when can they have sex and like when when can they do all this stuff like they ask about eating food that has been offered to idols they've been if you read the the even just any of Paul's epistles I feel like you will see that the churches they always had these questions do you need to wear head coverings in order to be saved what if a wife doesn't wear a head covering is she saved um, is she disobeying? Is that a sin? What if you get tattoos? Like, in the Old Testament, they say, don't mark your body with, like, the signs of the dead. Like, what if you get a tattoo? Are you saved? Are you unsaved? What if you never were baptized and you die? Like, are you saved? Um, what if you never took part in communion? What if you don't even go to church because you live in Alaska and there's no churches around for, like, a hundred miles and you can't drive that far every single Sunday? Are you saved? Like... People just like to make things super more complicated than they can be. Do you call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to save you? Yes, you are saved. Now, after you are saved, I think it is very important for you to take part in what a Christian should take part in. Meaning, what Christian means, follower of Christ. Once you are saved, you're saved, okay? Now your job is to follow Christ. What does that consist of? That is your journey to find out. That is your responsibility to look in the Bible, pray to God to show you, and just learn on this journey in life. I can't tell you what that consists of when it comes to following Christ. I think for every Christian, it's most likely going to be different. <sighs> okay. Matthew seven seventeen. Through 20. Let's go. Hold on. Matthew is like, honestly, probably my favorite book of the Bible. 17 through 20. What? Something's wrong. That's not... Oh, okay. Never mind. I found it. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruits is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So, Jesus is not talking about trees as much as he's talking about people here. He is technically talking about false prophets in this section, but I think this can apply to any person. If you are a good tree... In God's words, you cannot bear, you cannot grow bad fruit if you're a good tree. If you're a bad tree, you cannot grow good fruit. So, to put it in a clearer way, if you're an apple tree, you won't grow cherries. Not saying cherries are bad or that apples are good. <laughs> now, if you grow, if you're a cherry tree, you cannot grow apples. Now, don't get me into all the grafting stuff. I don't think that's possible with cherries and apple trees. But I'm not a scientist, so don't don't get on me for that, okay? <laughs> Just know what I'm saying. If you're a Christian and you're following Christ, you should be bearing good fruit. or And fruit as in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> Sorry, too fast. And if you're... A non-Christian, you are a slave to sin. So you will be bearing sin. 
all kinds of, I'm not going to mention all the sin. You guys know what sin is. Now, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, just for a second, when he says that, I just can't imagine, like, somebody just coming and saying, Lord, Lord. I guess just running after him and just saying his name. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just had to mention that. I'm, that's why I said it weird. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So he says, He who does the will of my Father in heaven will enter the kingdom of God, basically. So, this is something I often contemplate, actually. Like, can somebody who is in sin, but is saved, if they die, will they go to heaven? But he's saying here they have they do the will of his their father in heaven. So if they're in sin, then they're not doing the will of their father, but they still believe. I wonder if you believe, but you do not take the responsibility of your name, a follower in Christ, and follow him, you will not go to heaven. Because you are still a slave to sin. And as a Christian, you are no longer a slave to sin, but you are a servant to Christ. So you must do his will. But if you are still in sin, then it is faux salvation. It is, it is not wholehearted submission I'm, I'm just contemplating here okay just bear with me then i have in my notes written i can't okay i believe a true follower of christ will seek to follow the lord and have his or her life completely submitted to the lord's will how that regards to those who do their own will i'm not sure i can't judge i'm only human so that's basically what i just said i just have that in my notes to remember to say that okay Matthew sixteen twenty four through 27. Well, why am I flipping so slow? Come on, come on. Faster. No, I flipped too far. Oh, okay, I flipped way too far. I thought I was going for... Six, okay. 24 through 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So, he says that if anyone wants to come after him, he must deny himself, meaning he has to deny his own his own desires and pleasures. Not saying that we can't do anything that we want to. Like, if I want to go eat a sandwich right now, it's not a sin for me to go eat a sandwich unless my mom tells me I shouldn't eat a sandwich or something, you know. Like, it's not saying that you can't do anything you want. It means you have to deny your fleshly desires, your sinful nature. You must deny it. 
take up your cross and follow him. And then he talks about, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I think he means that oftentimes when Christians were martyred, they were they were able to save their own life by renouncing their faith, by denying Christ. And they lose their eternal life by saving their physical life. But whoever loses their physical life for the sake of their faith in Jesus will find their eternal life. That's what he's saying there. And then it says he will reward each according to his works. So we know that we are saved by faith. I just told you that. We are saved by the faith in the fact that Jesus came down and saved us. And by calling upon his name. But works are a result of that faith. And if you want to learn more about that, I think there's plenty of that explanation in James. I think it's James. Like the whole, we are saved by faith, not by works thing. Yeah, I think it's James. Um, but I think works are a result of that faith. We are known by our works. We are seen by our works. Our works define us on this earth. Not define our spiritual state. But they define us in a way that we are our actions. We are our words. We are the way that we act. And we will be seen by the world by the things that we do and say and believe in. That's our light. That's the light in the world. And if you are taking part in the darkness of the world, your light will not shine. So it's important that we shine our lights by being the light of God and not of the world. Because we are in the world, but we're not a part of the world. Also, we should glorify God in everything we do because that is our job on this earth. Our job is to glorify the Lord, to, like, it's our purpose, is to serve the Lord, glorify Him in everything we do. Everything we do and say in this life should be for His glory, which obviously, as humans, that's not going to work out, but... We can do our best, and I think that God counts us as righteous because, first of all, we are covered by Jesus' sacrifice, and secondly, because of our faith, because Abraham was counted righteous because he believed, and he didn't do communion or have a head covering, <laughs> and maybe he had tattoos. I don't think the Bible says that, or if he did or not, but... He was counted as righteous because of his faith in God. So, another thing is our life is no longer ours. Christ lived his life for us, so we are to live our lives for him. And that's your choice. That is your choice whether you're going to do that or not. But I think as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as somebody who has called upon the name of the Lord, we must deny ourselves take up our cross, and follow him. Meaning that our life is no longer ours, but it is his, and it is going to be lived according to his will. Which, by the way, we cannot do on our own. Be sure to ask for strength <laughs> and guidance and everything else I talked about in the last episode. 
We should not entertain ourselves with the things that Jesus died for. I heard this quote on my favorite podcast called Becoming Something with J.P. Pecluda and Nate and Kathy. They're also on that podcast, but I absolutely love that podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. But he said, we should not entertain ourselves or we should not be entertained by the things Jesus died for. And that was like a whole new perspective. Like, wow. Something that I have been, I would say, kind of struggling with lately is discretion regarding what music to listen to. I am obviously kind of obsessed with music. I really enjoy it. It's like my favorite hobby. I like writing music. I like listening to music. I like doing everything that has to do with music except producing music because it's so hard and I just get so stressed out and so, okay, I'm not going to go there, but... I listen to a lot of pop, and I listen to a lot of, like, yeah. And so, a lot of the worldly music has not, some of the songs don't have, like, a ton of stuff in them. It's just, like, maybe one word here, or, like, one reference there. And so it's really hard for me to decide, like, is that okay? Can I just skip that part and listen to the rest of the song? What if this song has an underlying meaning, but I don't think it'll affect me? <laughs> like, I know it will because of the whole thing, garbage in, garbage out. You you listen to garbage, it's going to come out of your heart. If you're going to watch garbage, it's going to come out of your heart. Garbage in, garbage out. It's, if it comes into you, it's going to come out of you. And so I've been really trying to figure out, like, is it okay sometimes to listen to this song like where's the line it's so gray it's such a gray line that you can't even figure do i only listen to worship music or do i listen can i listen to some secular where does it go (laughs) and so when they said we should not entertain ourselves with the things jesus died for and also we should not enjoy things that worship the devil that's another thing they said like a lot of the music nowadays worships the devil and all of his, all the sin in the world, right? All about, well, I won't mention it because I'm trying to keep this podcast pure, but <laughs> like, you know what the music has and like, part of following Christ is asking him, what music do you want me to listen to? What show doesn't glorify you? Another thing Jonathan said on that podcast, JP said, he said, we need to be like, we need to pray this prayer. Lord, will you please remove everything in my life that doesn't glorify you? And that scared me. That honestly, like, sent this, this scary feeling to me, like, wow. Because I know that when you pray those kind of prayers... God answers them. And I think he's pleased with that prayer. Although it's a very difficult prayer to pray. Will you please remove everything that doesn't glorify you from my life? What does that consist of? I would bet that consists of all kinds of, maybe even friends. Maybe even books you read, movies you watch, songs you listen to people you hang out with, activities you take part in. It could really actually change somebody's life praying that prayer. It's very hard to pray 
but it's something I think is important. If you are going to call yourself a follower of Christ. And lastly, he says, we will be rewarded for our good works. We will be. It's how we glorify God with our works. It's our purpose to glorify God on this earth. So, we will be rewarded for our good works, and we will give those rewards to right back to God because we are indebted to him forever and ever and ever. Um, but as I was saying, it's our purpose to glorify the Lord and to serve him in this life. And let me read you a verse that says so. I have to look it up, though, because I'm slow. Revelation 4.11. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But I actually listen, I've mentioned it before, but I actually listen to my podcasts. I listen to them, speed it up. <laughs> Usually I listen to like 1.2 times the speed, 1.5 times. And especially when I'm listening to my own podcast, I listen to it, speed it up because I'm slow when I talk. I'm sorry. So if I ever get boring to you, you can just speed me up. <laughs> that way I can just talk really fast like this. <laughs> And then maybe I won't lose your interest. Okay. Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. There's actually a song that goes like this. It's like a hymn. Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, thou art worthy, O Lord. And there's like, to receive, to receive glory and honor and power. I don't know. For thou hast created, hast all things created. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. Thou art, why am I saying this to you? Worthy, O Lord. I just read you the verse. I don't know why I just sang that. Maybe, well, I guess I sang it too fast so you can't memorize it. But maybe you already know that song. (laughs) Point is, all things were created for the pleasure of God. I don't think we see that, like, understand that that often. That everything in the world was created for the pleasure of God. I don't think we even realize God has pleasure. I think we just think, oh no, God, he's big and scary sometimes. And he loves me and he's serious. But this verse says that all things were created for his pleasure. He takes pleasure in us when we delight in him and follow his will and are followers of Christ. I think that he sometimes laughs at our jokes. I like to think that. makes me happy. So, if we are created for his pleasure, we should do things that he takes pleasure in, right? Because we are his. We were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Which are his. Colossians 1.16 says this as well. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So, now you guys know what a Christian is, how to become a Christian, And what it means to follow Christ. Now I did not lay everything out because that is your journey. 
and your place, your responsibility, and your relationship with God. I just want you guys to know there's a difference between believing in God and being a Christian. And I wanted you guys to know what Christian means. It means to follow Christ. Are you following Christ? And also there's a difference between believing in what Jesus did for you and loving Jesus and actually having a relationship with him. I've told you this before. As a kid, especially as a kid, you might be saved. I was saved as a kid. Yes, I as got into my heart when I was like four years old or something. I don't know. I literally don't know what day it was or what year it was. I just know I've always been kind of saved. Was I saved? Yes. If I died, would I have gone to heaven? Yes. But did I have a relationship with Christ? No, because I was too small. I didn't like to read my Bible. I thought praying was boring. And I'm gonna, not going to lie, sometimes it is still. But relationship with Christ is incredibly important if you want to succeed in this life. And in order to succeed, we must glorify the Lord in what we do every day. Live for Him because you were created by Him and for Him. Alright, peace out you guys. You guys have a fantastic week and I will see you next week on this podcast. Same place, same time. Same cringy name. See you next week, guys.